Shabbat Shalom. Over the past several weeks, I've managed to speak with dozens of you, and I know how you feel. We feel the same way. I feel like some cooped up bird in a cage. And that got me thinking, there actually is a passage in Jewish tradition about a very famous sage who was cooped up in a cave for 13 years. His name was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He was among the leaders of the Jewish community. He was born about a decade after the destruction of the temple during a period of foment and rebellion against Roman occupation. And Rabbi Bar Yochai was probably among those in the Jewish community who took a more militant view against Roman occupation and probably promoted a kind of rebellion. Uh, and sure enough, word got uh, to the Romans about this militant personality, and that caused Rabbi Bar Yochai to flee. And we read in the Talmud that he flees to a cave, and he spends 13 years there in a cave. Uh, and he's meditating, he's praying, he's learning Torah there. And we have two versions of what happens to him when he emerges, because we have two Talmuds. Why not? We have a Babylonian Talmud and a Jerusalem Talmud that's so typical of Jews. Why have only one Talmud if you can have two Talmuds? It's kind of like uh, the Jew on a deserted island and he shows his rescuers two buildings uh, and he says, this is the one I, this is the synagogue I go to and this one I never step foot in. Uh, and so we have two versions of what emerges, uh, how Simon Bar Chai emerges, one in the Babylonian Talmud, the second in the Jerusalem Talmud. In the Babylonian Talmud, he emerges as if nothing essentially happens. He hasn't changed. He remains militant. He goes out and he uh, admonishes his fellow citizens for what he perceives to be their petty materialism. Uh, and he then hears a heavenly voice descend from the heavens and ordering him, Shimon Bar Yochai, go back into the cave, you learned nothing. Where as, wherein the Babylonian Talmud then tells us that uh, he spent another year studying and contemplating uh, in the cave. The Jerusalem Talmud tells us of the emergence of Bar Yochai in a different way. He emerges in, from the mouth of the cave and he sees a hunter ensnaring birds. And uh, he then hears a heavenly voice that says, free, and the bird flies away. And Bar Yochai concludes from that, that as nothing happens in the world without God willing it, whereas uh, there is not even the possibility of a hunter ensnaring a bird without it being willed in heaven, so too, he says, all the more so with respect to human beings. And uh, Rabbi Bar Yochai then understood that to be a sign that it was all clear and, and he could emerge from the cave. So we have here two models of the emergence of Bar Yochai from quarantine, from social isolation. The first is in the Babylonian Talmud, where in effect, he learns nothing. He's the same person, he has the same militant, narrow views, he has the same kind of intolerance towards his fellow citizens. Uh, and the second version, which is the better version, is uh, from the Jerusalem Talmud, 
where uh, we read that he becomes more mellow, he becomes more reflective, he's more socially minded. He understands the interconnectedness of all things in the universe. He sees a bird fly away and he thinks to himself, freedom, liberty. He understands that in some way the destiny of this bird in some way is connected to his own destiny and what it might be like to fly to the heavens and touch the face of God. Um, His emergence triggers in him intense contemplation about his responsibility and his connectedness to fellow human beings. He's much more sensitive to human vulnerabilities and much more aware of uh, the blessing of liberty. And so uh, we have two models for ourselves as we will sooner or later emerge from this social isolation. The first is from the Babylonian Talmud, where in effect we will learn hardly anything at all. We will be unchanged. We'll be the same kind of people with the same intolerances, the same pettiness, uh, the same uh, lack of empathy and sympathy with fellow human beings, the same arrogance, insensitive to human uh, vulnerabilities. Or we can pursue the second model, which is uh, a model of being much more understanding of the vulnerabilities of other people. We've had a time to think, a time to reflect deeply about the nature of our lives, uh, how we want to lead our lives, and we might be able to resolve to do a little bit better from this enforced period of social isolation, which causes us to think more deeply about uh, ourselves and our own condition. Uh, And it might cause us to reestablish priorities in life. Was it really that important to work so intensely hard day in and day out, week uh, by week, month by month, and year by year, thus missing some of the smaller things in life that make life worth living? Uh, And I conclude uh, with this brilliant passage from uh, one of the essays of Robert Louis Stevenson. He writes, perpetual devotion to what a man calls his business is only to be sustained by perpetual neglect of many other things. And it is not by any means certain that a man's business is the most important thing that he has to do. Shabbat Shalom.